When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't think they're ready for this. This is different. A LA Ram podcast, not based in California, but based in Florida? Come on, now. You know I had to do it. Ram Nation, stand up. It's Ramley Talk from the Playmakers Bar podcast, hosted by Darnell the Playmakers Silence. Let's talk Rams football. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your new edition of Ramley Talk this week. You can hear it in my voice. You, you know what took place over the weekend. It's a very embarrassing weekend to have. I have some days to take over. Plus, I got to get back into my Hoops Talk podcast where I get to talk about college basketball and the NBA. Check that out on all the platform that you listen to Ramby talk on, you can listen to Hoops Talk on that one. Both on the Playmakers Podcast umbrella. But you know me, your host down there, Playmaker Silence. New edition of Ramley Talk. And you know, I'm not gonna take too much of your time because I just need to get into it. I'm not I'm not talking stats. I ain't talking what numbers we ranked that nothing. We lost to the New York Jets this past weekend. The Jets. The J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. They came into SoFi Stadium and they beat the Los Angeles Rams 23-20. to Now, those of you who probably didn't watch the game and just know that we lost to the Jets is trying to let's battle by how do we lose to the Jets by a game with a field goal or no. The Jets led wire to wire. They got a three and out on the first drive, and they just picked the defense apart with Deacon dump passes. Not coming running backs off the backfield. They scored a touchdown. Before you know it, the Jets was up 17-0. 17-0. Before you knew it. The offense didn't come to play. Defense didn't come to play. Special teams didn't come to play because Johnny Hager had a punt block. Sean McVay didn't come to play. Brandon Staley didn't come to play. Nobody came to play against the New York Jets. 
So instead of me being here on today, talking about how the Rams had clinched the playoff berth, and all we had to do is focus on the NFC West, we did not clinch the playoff berth, and the Seattle Seahawks are back on top. And oh, and by the way, we're three games out of the number one seed again. Because guess what? Green Bay took care of business against Carolina, and we knew Kansas City was going to beat New Orleans, and we, we would have been one step closer, one step closer to the number one seed. But no. No. Our bad luck against the AFC East continues. We lost to the goddamn 0-13 New York Jets. Their first win of the seed. But... Congratulations, New York Jets. Congratulations. You're not going to go 0-16. Congratulations. Get but oh my God, why I had to beat to the Rams? About all the teams in the world, the one team that everybody was, was taking serious because that defense is... The defense didn't... The defense didn't show up! The defense didn't show up. Jared Goblet did bad. Oh, look. All they didn't even on Jared Goff. What the hell happened to the offensive line? They couldn't run block. They couldn't play block. Jared Goff looked like the old Jared Goff against the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. The Francisco. That Jared Goff came to play. The offensive line didn't come to play. Cam Makers couldn't go nowhere, and he's injured. Derrick Henderson couldn't go nowhere. Defense. I don't even know what happened to defense. I can't even see. Running backs running right over at the backfield. Simple passes being made by Sam Donner to open receivers. Where was my defense? Brandon Staley, what what was the game plan going in here? What were we doing? It, it's just embarrassing, man. Yep, I got yeah. People hit my partner Ricky Lewick, which he hit me up like seriously. I didn't even respond. Went to work. And one one coworker got one coworker talking about. I'm sorry, man. It, this is how bad it is. We lost to the Jets. The Jets. One the it won Seattle. It won it won the Giants. It won the Cowboys. It was the Jets, the team who had won a game in the New York Jets. Beat us in our own building. Embarrassing. Just, just embarrassing. Embarrassing. But, you know, now that I took the minutes that I needed to get that out, because I did have a couple of days to get over it. I had some days to let everybody say what they needed to say. The reason why I titled the episode last week, Take Care of Business, is because to be a Super Bowl champion, you have to take care of the team that you're supposed to take care of. The New York Jets fall in that category of teams you need to take care of. When a team walks into your building, 0-13, and you are one game away from clinching a playoff berth, that tells you, take care of business. We didn't take care of business. So we lost to a women's team. So a women's team got a video over us. And now we're in a situation where we have to win our last two games to win the freaking division now. Instead of just beating the Jets and then beating Seattle and clinching the division, we have to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle and beat Arizona at home in week 17. 
We do it to ourselves. We 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 do it to ourselves. We can't even we can't. Hey, Jericho. We ain't blaming no. It's everybody's fault. Everybody, everybody gets a piece of this one. It was simple. Beat the Jets, come to play our birthday, you know, going in next week. You beat Seattle, you win the division. But no, you have to beat Seattle and you have to beat the Cardinals. No West for the Rary for us. You have to win both. Seattle plays us next and they finish off with San Francisco. The way San Francisco look, they don't know who started that quarterback. They lost Maureen Mustard again. So they still flying around here with not completely healthy. Seahawks can take them apart if they really want to. I'm pretty sure the Seahawks are going to win week 17. So we have to go to Seattle, sweep them, and then sweep Arizona at home next week to win the NFC East, the NFC West, to clinch the division. And it was set up perfectly for us to get the first seed because we knew, bam, New Orleans got Kansas City. I like Kansas City chances. Bam, the following week, Green Bay got Tennessee. Can they stop the Derrick Harry chain? I don't think so. The number one seed is still up for grabs for us. You threw it away losing to the Jets. So now, you beat Seattle, you take back control of the division. You don't have the division, you take back control of the division, and then you finish off Arizona in week 17 to win the NFC West. But if you don't, you have to be Arizona to get into the playoffs. You have to win one of the last two games to get into the playoffs instead of just taking care of business. Russell Wilson, no longer in the MVP talk all of a sudden because he ran up against us in Buffalo and kind of went downhill from there. It's all about Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. They can't get Josh Gordon back because he felt physical. So it's still Russell Wilson. They got Chris Carson. He's back. Carlos Hyde is back. You know, yeah. Still got DK Metcalf, who only had two catches for like less than 40 yards. And kind of figure you're going to hear about that all week. And they might get him a little bit more. So Jalen Ramsey, he might want to be up and ready for this one. Just saying. Tyler Lockett. Greg Olson, still the tight end in the league. Barbie Rotten is leading the defense, a defense that's trying to get back to where they used to be, you know. And it's in Seattle, so we know how this goes. But, 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 we have went there, and we have won there a couple of times on the midway. We even gave them the worst beating that they ever got in the building, not too, not too long ago, a couple of years ago. So we have done the impossible before. We have done what nobody thought was good. Now you go out there, no fans are allowed. Okay, it's just, just a normal game. What y'all gonna do? Cause right now y'all gonna, I'm pretty sure y'all sick and tired of hearing about it. Y'all lost to the damn Jets. So guess what? Guess what you get to do? You get to go to, you know, the Northwest Pacific, Seattle, Washington, and punch Russell Wilson in his goddamn mouth. And say, we own this division. And we own you. That's what you get to do. That's how you respond to this. Because that's your only option. Because if you lose to both the San Fran, if you lose both to Seattle and Arizona, you will miss the playoffs. I don't know where you, you cannot miss the playoffs. There's no way this team should miss the playoffs. 
But the defense that's capable of this defense is a championship level defense. You should not miss the playoffs. You should not miss the playoffs. Jared Goff. Guess what? Can you get some type of emotion? Something? Anything? Like, can you? I need I need a quarterback who has emotion. Why does Tom Brady have such rent? Because he has emotions. He's a leader. He will tell you in your face on national television to get your together. Jerry Goff, he just sits there. Looks stupid. Reminds me of Eli Manning. That's what he reminds me of. Reminds me of Eli. Jerry Goff reminds me of Eli Manning. Doesn't, doesn't cuss nobody out, doesn't get mad, just looks stupid. Every time you see him, I do something of a sack or something happen. He just looks stupid. That's who Jerry Goff reminds me of Eli Manning. Now on the bright side, Eli Manning did win two Super Bowls over Tom Brady and win the Patriots. But that defense, and this defense is just that good. But Jared Goff, you gotta limit the turnovers and the stupid mistakes. Offensive line, get right. Come on, man. Andrew Whitworth is sitting here waiting on y'all to clinch the playoff, but so he can't return for the playoffs. But what's the point if you're going to sit here and lose to the Jets, Seahawks, and the Cardinals to finish off the season? Instead of being, hmm, I don't know what it would be, what? 12 and 4, as I predicted. You finish 9 and 7. Because you're on the three game losing streak. No, 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 no. We're not having this. The fans are not having this. You go to Seattle, you punch Seattle in their damn mouth, you let the world know once again, we effed up last week, but damn it, we needed that to get us rebooted, to get us refocused. That's what you do here, okay? I'm done ranting for the day. Tyler O, fantasy talk for the Rams against Seattle. Welcome in to week 16 of Rams Fantasy Talk. I'll be your host, Tyler Rodzinski. As always, this will be a quick one. I will do you all a favor and, and do my best to not talk about the embarrassment of week 15 for these Rams. It was quite unbelievable. But this is the NFL. It's full of parody, and any team can beat any team on any given Sunday, clearly. With that said, the week 16 matchup against the Seahawks, while always important, becomes absolutely crucial for the Rams as they look to take the division. The winner of this game more than likely does it, and we should be in for a good one. Myself, other fantasy managers, and Rams fans everywhere have to be gutted to see Akers hurt and already declared out. We all knew he was the best and most talented back for pretty much the entire year. We only got two actual weeks of this being Akers' backfield, and man, it was glorious. Wishing the best in Akers' recovery, but moving ahead, this is a two-man backfield with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. This is something we have seen a handful of times this year, whether it was Akers' injury or Akers simply just riding the pine and not being a factor. However, being able to pull from a decent NFL sample size to project usage of these two backs makes me feel a little better when making a start-sit decision. Let's get a high-level view of this, looking at the five games where Akers was either inactive because of injury or was just an absolute non-factor. Henderson posted an RB10, an RB12, an RB39, an RB27, and an RB28 finish. Malcolm Brown saw finishes in those five games at RB57, 70, RB25, RB38, and RB22. 
just taking a quick look at those numbers. Uh, Malcolm Brown, let's get that out of the way. Easier side here. He's maybe in deep leagues, a deep flex play. No one should be starting him at this point. If you're in your championship and you're looking at Malcolm Brown, uh, that's just ridiculous. Done and done. Uh, I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to go back on what I just said. He's just not a play this week. Malcolm Brown should be on waivers. Henderson is going to be an interesting one as he did average an RB2 performance. Uh, Sands acres in those five games I just noted. The question of trusting Henderson is an all-important question in Week 16 in your fantasy championship, uh, and it's probably uh, one of those questions that is facing a lot of managers this week. So let's spend some time diving a little bit deeper into this Henderson-Brown split. I'll start with saying do not expect Henderson to see an acres lion's share of snaps or carries or touches or whatever. He's definitely going to have a pretty even split with Malcolm Brown. McVeigh even said they would both have important roles, and I absolutely believe him in this instance. Again, looking back at that five-game sample size of these two backs, again, the samples were taken when Akers was hurt or not factor. Henderson saw 65 touches. Touches are going to be um, rush attempts or receptions. So Henderson saw 65 touches. Brown saw 47. Again, similar snap rates, but Henderson is seeing a bit more usage when he's out there while the snaps are about an even split. Henderson saw just over a 60% opportunity share. So snaps just being on the field, opportunities actually getting the touches. Henderson saw a little over 60% opportunity share. This is good. This gives me a bit more confidence if I am to start Henderson this week. Seattle is middle of the pack when it comes to run defense, and I'm projecting Henderson at about 15 to 16 touches, say 12 to 13 carries and two to three catches. And we know the Rams can boom, and we know Henderson can boom. With that said, I am trusting Henderson in my championship lineups as an RB2, but hopefully he's actually your RB3 or RB4, but he's definitely worth a start and should not be on your bench as the floor seems to be there, and we know the ceiling exists. Moving to the wide receiver position, though Reynolds did see a snap share pop up and Van Jefferson's trend down, neither are remotely options. I'm merely pointing it out to uh, more of a housekeeping thing here. Going to Woods and Cup. They're both good, but not great. At least in this spot. Sorry, I should rephrase that. Woods and Cup are both in good, but not great spots. They are great wide receivers. Seattle was hemorrhaging points to wide receivers in the first half of the year. But those Seattle Seahawks are no more, and Seattle is now uh, shifted gears and are now a very good defense. Uh, it's not, you know, you got to split up how you look at defenses on the year, and just looking at the beginning of the year and seeing Seattle is bad against wide receiver will likely, uh, will likely stay. So looking at Cup and Woods' history versus Seattle, which we have a decent amount because they play each other twice a year, their stat lines have been uneven. But as always, they are great starts. As I say every week, they are wide receiver twos with some wide receiver one upside. Simple as that. Nothing too crazy. It pains me to say this, but moving to tight end. It pains me to say this, but Higby could be a possible streaming option in deeper leagues this week. He's seen an 82% snap share or higher in three games straight. And he's seen, a, on, tar on average, four targets a game during that span, scoring twice. Gerald Everett is still a factor, seeing the same amount of targets in that span. A little bit less snaps. But the issue is, again, as I say over and over again, they eat into each other's opportunity, making neither necessarily usable. Higby is the preferred of the two. I can likely rank Higby as a mid-range tight end two, but you just got to have better options in any standard size league at this point. Jared Goff is a non-factor for fantasy this week. I mentioned how hot the Seahawks have been, how hot the Seahawks defense has been, and you simply cannot trust Goff in even easy matchups. So it, it's just a no-brainer to bench Goff at this point. Uh, he 
Goff has fantasy finishes of QB 18 or worse in seven of his last nine starts. That is bad. He's just a bench. I want no part of Jared Goff. Uh, even though there's a slight chance things pop off here, it's just a, no interest of me. Rams defense special teams disappointed in a big way last week. They are a fringe top 12 play this week, but honestly, we know what the Seahawks are capable of, and I would look elsewhere than the Rams defense this week. That'll do it for week 16 of Rams Fantasy Talk. Follow me on Twitter at FFTylero. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. Thank you, Tyler O. Fire on High Podcast doing his last episode for week 16. For those who are in the championship round of your fantasy league, he's going to get you set. He's going to get you ready for championship weekend. I am in one championship. I lost two of my playoff matches, unfortunately. I'm not going to dive into that, but I did. I'm in one championship round. I'm happy to be in that championship round. But with that being said, down at the playmaker sounds out here in Jacksonville, Florida. This is how been rambly. This has been rambly talk ahead of the Seattle Seahawks game going to Seattle. Rams, do your damn job. Get the damn victory. Get back in the toilet of the NFC West. And let's clinch our playoff berth on Sunday. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys next week to close out the NFL regular season at Arizona. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.